podcast i'm mike allman and joining me is my co-host alex lab alex what's up not too much mike and uh today i think we uh we should do another set review or or more but uh i think the set review that we should do should be looking back toward a set or a block that people didn't really like at the time but now we're going back there can you think of what's said that it's Kamigawa. Uh, oh, I, I, I think say. I think we should do Kamigawa. Yeah, and yeah. that makes sense because we're about to go to Kamigawa again, yes. but differently. So why don't we go back to Kamigawa but differently? Go back now. the way it was before we go right. to the place it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna take a look at the at the at the used to, but now is for the future will be, and ma- magic. Okay. Yeah. Cool. This is a very clean open. I like it. Let's. Oh, do this. absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, Alex, uh, talk to me about Kamigawa, because uh, you know when I, I my limited knowledge here, I was thinking, oh, we're going back to Kamigawa, so we should go back uh, and do a set review of Kamigawa um, from before. And your response was, well, which time? And I went, huh? So, yeah, help me out. Like Kamigawa, this is not a oh. We're going back again. This is, oh, we're going back again, again, again? Well, again? Uh, it depends on your definition of again, 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 again. Sure. Because we've really only been there for one block. Um, I don't even know if we still do blocks, really. I don't think that we actually do. But what blocks used to be were groups of sets that we knew were going to be released back to back with each other. And they all were set in the same plane, had the same theme. Uh, Kamigawa block consisted of the three Kamigawa sets, which was uh, Champions of Kamigawa, Betrayers of Kamigawa, and Saviors of Kamigawa. And that was spending between the end of 2004 into the middle of 2005. Uh, So we're looking quite a bit back. This is about mm, 16, 17 years ago, around that time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, So we actually haven't been there since that time. And at the time, I feel like uh, I wasn't I wasn't playing at this time, but uh, the sets were not received extraordinarily well by the player Mm -hmm. base of the day. Commander, of course, was uh, barely in its infancy, so not really anybody thinking about the commander opportunities i've heard kamigawa described as commander the set because it has powerful legendary creatures it has these mechanics of spirit and splice onto arcane and arcane spells and it actually has a lot of cards that are what we like to talk about cards that affect the table in positive Mm. ways neutral ways negative ways there are a ton of them, and we're going to talk about some of them today. But before we do, I wanted to point this out because I noticed this. Um, of the relatively small number of cards that are banned in our format, three of them are from this block, one from each set. Oh, which is okay. an interesting little factoid. Uh, from 
champions of Kamigawa, we have Erayo, Sorotami Ascendant, one of the blue, this mm-hmm. card's banned. Uh, it's a legendary creature, Moonfolk, Monk, 1-1 one, one with flying. Whenever the fourth spell of a turn is cast, flip Erayo, Sorotami Ascendant. Um, if you haven't seen these cards before, these are flip Kamigawa cards. They don't actually physically turn over to the back face. They rotate like you tap them 180 degrees instead of 90 degrees. Which, and I'm not going to lie, I like that more. I don't have to mess with the yeah. sleeve as much. The art's kind of cool looking. But it's like, interesting because, it. yeah, they create this interesting art where they have to combine both halves into one art piece. The mm-hmm. downside is that mm, when you turn it over or when you don't have it flipped over, it's it's always one face up to someone else. So with right. normal cards, you always know, okay, I'm looking at my opponent's cards upside down. This is always wrong right. for somebody. Exactly. Whether it's you or the rest yeah, of the team. It's difficult to All keep right, track of what's times. Anyway, so the, the flip side, which is to say the uh, the the turn it reverse side, is uh, Irayu's Essence, which is a legendary enchantment that says counter the first spell played by each opponent each turn. Yeah, that's Ooh. a yikes. Um, <laughs> this card is super, super strong. I think it's banned for a good reason. It's easy to flip, and once it's flipped, everyone is uh, screwed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. This card is actually fun fact. It's the only card that is banned in two-headed giants. We did talk about this briefly during our variance episode. We mentioned two-headed giant, but two-headed mm-hmm. giant is usually this variant that's put onto another format, right? So you could play two-headed giant draft or two-headed giant standard or modern or commander in our case. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll follow the ban list of that format with one additional banned card, and that's this one, Irayo. Because in Two-Headed Giant, uh, it has the same problem that it has in Commander, really. Just too powerful. Uh, the next sure. one that's banned is from Betrayers of Kamigawa, which is Sway the Stars, which is eight blue-blue for sorcery. Uh, you probably know this one. It's It's quite similar mm-hmm. to a card that just got unbanned. Each player shuffles their library, hand, graveyard, and permanents they control into their library, draws seven cards. Each player's life total becomes seven. So Worldfire just got unbanned, but yeah, not this one, which is interesting. Yeah. This, I, I was yeah. going to say, the whole everybody's life becomes seven, everybody drawing seven cards, yeah. ten mana sorcery speed. This is a full game reset. But yeah. now it's on sudden death. I don't know. I think Fair that enough. maybe in the future we could see it come off the ban list. But the the philosophy of the rules committee is is beyond my knowledge. So whatever yeah. they choose and to it, do is what they choose to do. Admittedly, I'm not I'm not over here clamoring for it. Right. It doesn't need to be unbanned. Sure. But my question is, if Worldfire is unbanned, this should probably also be unbanned. Um, I don't think that there's going to be any consistency. And then the final one that's banned is a Gifts Ungiven. This is a very famous card. Um, it sees, or it used to see, a lot of competitive play. Ristic Studies, the Magic Man Sam just did a video about it recently. You should check that out if you haven't seen it. It's three and a blue. For an instant, search your library for four cards with different names and reveal them. Target opponent chooses two of those cards. Put the chosen cards into your graveyard and the rest into your hand. Then shuffle your library. So this is banned because it is a four card tutor with mm-hmm. two of the cards get entombed which hmm. in commander is really 
really, also really very, strong. Very good. Yeah. So you could basically win the game off this. Yep. Pretty much no matter what happens. In that uh, Rhystic Studies video, he had, and I promise I'm almost done, he had an excellent point <laughs> about the rules of the game and about the ways that you are allowed to play this card and other cards, but specifically this card. Uh, you are always allowed when you are tutoring for a card. Mike, I think you know this one. As long as it is telling you to look for a card with a specific quality or attribute or name, as long as it's not any card, you can declare fail to find, which means whether or not you actually fail to find it, you are declaring that you failed to find it, which is always legal. And you can say, look, I just, I didn't find it. So that's how it is. It's not immediately apparent, unless you know that rule very well, that that is an option with Gifts Ungiven. You don't have to find four cards because those cards have to have different names. That's a quality of a card. So that means you could find one, two, or three cards. In this case, uh, it was featured in Ristic Studies' video uh, in a tournament. He chose two cards. And because he chose two cards, that means his opponent had no choice. They must go to the graveyard. And of course... As I'm sure you know, a lot of powerful decks, they want to entomb cards. That's how they win the game. So right. the opponent couldn't even make a decision to try to mitigate the the issue. Those cards mm-hmm. were going into the graveyard. Um, so this card is very, very strong. It can instantly win the game pretty much just out of nowhere. I can see why it's banned, even though it does look quite similar to a lot of other cards that do similar things. I think it's actually quite a bit more powerful. Um, no, we, I mean, it's it's a four mana tutor for four. Yeah, tutor for four. For four. Yeah. Yeah, tutor for four and tomb two. Uh, it's pretty, pretty phenomenal. But those are the three Ben cards. I found that interesting. It, I can't imagine Kamigawa block being one of the block with the most banned cards, right? I'm sure there are other blocks that end up having more. But three cards in one block, that's a lot of bands. And that goes to show that... Even though people at the time, in 2004, 2005, when this came out, that a lot of the cards were considered to be very low power and not interesting and didn't really do anything to change the meta at that time, that Commander mm-hmm. is, of course, a whole different ball game, And some of these cards are really strong, as I think we'll see. Mike, do you want to go ahead and get into this list here? Yeah. I it just, uh, again, but... The one thing I will say is yeah. you said Kamigawa is one of those sets that's kind of been panned a bit. Yeah. And I, 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 to my limited knowledge, I do agree with that. I do think it's one of those sets that the people that like it really liked it. Right. And right. I, I, when you look around, you can definitely see why. Um, and I kind of, I, I, I like a lot of the cards in this set that are very well known. And then a whole bunch that are, oh. I'm kind of surprised that I don't see that more often. So, yeah, Alex, where do we want to start here? Because we can go with... There is some... Man, there is some battle cruisery stuff in here. And then there's also a bunch of just normal stuff, Just offhand. Kamigawa, uh, for those people who don't know, is a block based off of uh, Japanese traditional mythology. Uh, Kami, of course, meaning spirit or god in Japanese. So that's Mm -hmm. going to come up a lot during this uh, set review. But let's... Look at some of these first cards. We're going to start with Wooberg, so we're going to start with White. And okay. Mike, White in this set has some really staxy cards 
very interesting effects here. So let's start with a card in a set, a cycle of uh, legendary dragon spirits. We're going to start with Yosei the Morning Star. Yes! Which is four white white, six mana for a legendary creature dragon spirit. It's a 5-5 with flying. And it has when Yosei the Morning Star dies, all of them Mm -hmm. have LTB death triggers. Target player skips their next untapped step. Wait for it. Tap up to five target permanents that player controls. Mike, this trigger is completely devastating. It's awful to get hit by this thing. Truly awful. It's target player almost skips their next turn. They get their phases, except for their untap. But like... The untapped step is like the most important step of the turn. It's so important. Yeah, it's it's this is one of those cards that is infamous if it's ever been used against you. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I'm not going to lie. This is absolutely in a couple of decks because, well, it's it, let me let me rephrase. It's in a couple of my decks. Yeah, specifically because, oh, that person's going off. They need to stop. Yeah. Also, it would be really cool if I could, you know, put Yose under a mimic vat. Or something along those That's lines. That's the other I thing. Like these death triggers, these every like, turn, please. this is Commander. We have a lot yeah. of ways to reanimate creatures. And if this is your Commander, which, why? You're awful. Um, you are now <laughs> able, uh, because of this change back in, I think, April of last year, of 2020, mm-hmm. two years ago now. Um, if you have a Commander, and that Commander would die previously... It wouldn't actually hit the graveyard. It would go straight to the command zone. Right. Um, unless you let it stay in the graveyard. But now you have your cake and eat it too. Now Yosei can go to the graveyard, get the trigger, and then go to the command zone. So that made right. Yosei and the other legendary dragons in this cycle a lot more viable as commanders, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, like a lot of the sets I think we're going to look at uh, under this kind of topic. Yeah. Uh, it gets it gets more interesting with us the longer it goes, whether it's right. because other cards synergize or rules synergize, etc. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, when you were starting to talk about Yose, talking about you know through a set of legendary creatures, and I thought you were actually going to talk about the Myojins. Um, That's another nice cycle. Was, yeah, the other the one I was looking at here was Myojin of Cleansing Fire. That's a big uh, one. Five generic white 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 for a four six legendary creature spirit. So eight mana. For a four six, um, but it does something really cool uh, with divinity counters. So Myojin of Cleansing Fire comes into play with the divinity counter on it if you played it from your hand. It has indestructible as long as it has a divinity counter on it. Okay, so if you cast this from your hand, it's indestructible with this counter. Remove a divinity counter from Myojin of Cleansing Fire. Destroy each other creature. Mm. So that is an instant speed. Absolute terrifying rattlesnake that's yeah, out this is a devil of a rattlesnake mike oh my Absolutely. goodness you dominate and, the board with this and i i do i love that principle because i don't think we see that nearly enough where it comes into play with a positive if you played it from your hand right and some of the most powerful things that we do in edh specifically but magic in general is when you can cheat things out when you can get around mana cost can't cheat this one this says hey if you want to do this it has to come from your hand and there's still ways to cheat things out of your hand but now we're not recurring it from the graveyard 
And now we're not doing cool things as far as, oh, I'm going to play this as my commander so I can have this repeatable, you know, board wiper. All the other Miogens do this cool thing. And I think that's kind of a cool idea that I hope they go back to in this set. Absolutely. When it comes out going back to Comic Con. And it's funny, we've started our review with just these enormously expensive cards. And yep. I think that's part of the reason why. A lot of people didn't like Kamigawa was because of these huge battlecruiser cards. But in EDH, we just love these. Yeah. yeah. Oh, especially us. <laughs> yeah, especially I, give us. Me, give me a nine-mana spell that doesn't win me the game, but it makes the game get flipped over on its head. Absolutely, I'm in. So six-mana, target player skips their turn. Well, I'm not necessarily going to win the game unless it's a one-on-one -on -one at that point. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But I'm definitely going to take somebody else out of the game. Eight mana for a four six indestructible that you can remove the indestructible to destroy every other creature. Cool, I'm down. These are nuts. Sign me up. Um, why don't you talk to me about some more? Let's call them tame cards. Let's let's get a little bit out of the battle cruiser for a second. Uh, looking into mono white. Well, Mike, I uh, I do have a tamer one here, and I think this is one that everyone knows well, and uh, that would be ghostly prison. Yeah. Just first printed in this set. Ghostly Prison's an enchantment for two and a white. That's three mana. It says creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two for each creature they control that's attacking you. Yeah, yeah. this uh, this is in a class of, of attack taxes, and it works very well. I mean, and it depends on your meta pretty, pretty heavily. There's some metas where people are always attacking. There's some where people never attack. It, mm. You really have to kind of suss it out, but especially the wider the deck is, people really don't want to pay this. They don't want to pay it for one, uh, right. for one attacker. But you have to be a real, real threat, yeah. for people to point the sharp end of the stick at you. They're gonna, they they're gonna out. remove this before they alpha strike you. They have to, yeah. Which is no, nice because that, then you know once they remove it, it's going down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. Um, no, it's it's. I'm I'm kind of surprised that a card that is like that well known came out of the set, and I don't see it more Kamigawa stuff. I don't know if it just this one was the one that you know cream of the crop rose to the top kind of thing or what, because the other card that really discourages people from attacking you or at the very least doing damage to you, uh, another legendary commander that I had never seen before or at least I forgot about, uh, Machiko Kanda, Truth Seeker. Uh, three generic and a white for a 2-2 legendary creature human advisor. Whenever a source an opponent controls deals damage to you, that player sacrifices a permanent. Yeah. That's nuts to me. It is. Because yeah. there's so many effects that are like, oh, everybody loses one life. Or, every, or everybody well, takes one damage. Yeah. yeah, losing life different from taking mm -hmm. damage. Absolutely. But, okay, we're going to swing wide. Great. Well, your token deck is going to lose all of its tokens if you swing them at me. Or even just like, there's a lot of stuff that that is gonna try and shut down pretty hard, pretty quickly. Yeah, this uh, it is an interesting commander. It's not quite as strong as it looks because, of course, very large instances of damage that are a single instance of damage, they'll still mm -hmm. only sacrifice one permanent, but all of that damage will be dealt to you. Like if they deal twenty, they only sack right. one permanent. The other thing is that if they say kill you. Then there you don't that. get any of these triggers, and they keep all of right. their stuff. So basically what this says is, if you come at the king, you best not miss. Your first hit better be the last one. 
Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because for me, a lot of it turns into this card almost says to me that if I'm doing, if my deck's operating the way that it should, I'm probably getting second or first. Because if my whole premise is if you do terrible stuff to me, terrible stuff is going to happen to you no matter what. So rather than try and kill me, I either either you're attacking me because I'm in the lead or because I'm the last person that that's there and you need to get rid of me. I, I think the there's not enough downside on this card for me to not see it more, I guess, is where I'm going with it. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting pillow for commander. Um, yeah. Especially when you compare it to some of the other uh, cards that we're going to talk about here. Because right. that I have to say that because that's the nicest thing I can say about our remaining uh, legendary white creatures. And frankly, <laughs> holy cow, now that I'm looking at it, I think this is actually the nicest white legendary creature <laughs> in this set. Yeah, I picked out uh, some real doozies here. Right. Why don't you go ahead and tell me about our next one? Uh, mm. Talk to me about Hakori because I... It makes me uncomfortable. This Hakori Dust Drinker is one of the single most devastating stacks commanders that you could ever run. This is mm-hmm. so mean, rude boy. I'd, what do you even say? Hakori Dust Drinker, two white, white, four mana for a legendary creature, spirit, two, two. Lands don't untap during their controller's untap steps. And at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps a land they control. Mike. That's insane. This, I mean, they're done. Like, this this card has to be removed. It demands removal. Without Ooh. it being removed, the game is on lockdown. All right. I have I have a straight-up honest question with you. Yeah. How many times have you played against a Hakori Dust Drinker? Never in my life. And if you ever saw somebody sit down and reveal that as, that, as their commander... Uh-huh. The first thing you would do is what? I would shake their hand and then stand up and leave. Because <laughs> like that's sir that's close. or sir or madam or or my opponent. <laughs> this I'm I would love to see your deck list, but what I wouldn't love to do is play against it. So I'm just yeah. gonna be over here. I'm I, I I think that was the second thing I would do. Yeah. Presuming that the first thing I did wasn't going to work, which is I would huddle with the other two players, presumably like, at the table, and say, hey, we're playing Arch Enemy. I know it doesn't sound like we're playing Arch Enemy, but we're playing Arch Enemy now. I don't know if we have target removal, but we're going to work on player removal, because this seems terrible. Um, that is terrifying. It's horrific. It's like stasis on a commander. Yeah. Yeah. Recurable stasis. Now, of course, this is a artifact-based stack commander, stacks commander, because of course your mana rocks are allowed to untap, mm-hmm. yeah. and you can run all the artifacts you want. You'll get all the mana mm-hmm. you want, and in that way, your deck is asymmetric, and everyone else gets totally screwed. But Mike, there is another commander that's almost the exact opposite. This says, yeah. "Don't run any artifacts." Yeah, Kataki Wars Wage, uh, one generic and a white for a 2-1 legendary creature spirit. All artifacts have, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice this artifact unless you pay one generic mana. Oh my god. Um, So just the, like you said, the exact opposite, um, rolling into some pretty terrible stuff. Um, So... 
I don't know. Like it, it just I'm I'm sitting here as like was Kamigawa just like extremely staxy in like, white? Yes. Yeah. In white, yeah. yes, because we're looking at some of the other cards here that uh, that we picked out, and no, like some of them very friendly. There's a couple of things we'll talk about when we get into you know more artifact, but white, yeah, just did not want players to be able to do all of the things they want to do in Magic. Creatures, great. Here's an indestructible creature that destroys all creatures. Uh, here's a creature that when it dies, somebody's skipping their untap step and you're tapping stuff. Yeah. This one, if something hurts you, they're sacrificing permanence. This one, no artifacts. Artifacts are bad. This one, lands. Lands are bad. The, I, I'm starting to see where white gets the not fun reputation um, from from time to time because it it, it, it is not encouraging fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's just me, I guess. This is where white's at its most powerful when it's at its scariest, and that's with stacks. Okay, so you know what? Super, super mean stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, crazy legendary creatures. Um, and, you know, ghostly prison. Okay, that's fair. Cool. Let's talk about more fair stuff. Uh, Alex, get me away from some of these legendaries. Talk to me about some different spells. This is very fair, Mike. Uh, reverse the sands. Extremely fair. Six mm-hmm. white, white, eight mana for a sorcery. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's we're already looking at just stellar. Battlecruiser. Yeah, let's go. Very battlecruiser redistributes any number of players' life totals. Huh. Which don't see that effect too often. No, uh, I don't I don't know how many times redistribute has ever been. Yeah, that's a very a rare magic word card. in magic redistribute. Basically what <laughs> happens is uh you'll write down every player's life total and then for each of those life totals you'll choose a player and give that player that life total. It doesn't need to be a different player. It doesn't need to be the same player. But every player gets one. Um, You're assigning tasks for the group project yeah. that is your magic game. The This is so interesting because you can do shenanigans with this that mm-hmm. aren't really normally possible. For example, you could play this in a Orzov deck where you're paying a ton of life to get a ton of effects. Right. And then near mid game or end game you've resolved this oh i'm down to five well now you're down to five and i'm at 40 right and this isn't this is again i want to hit on this really hard it's redistribute yeah so this isn't life loss or gain or anything along those lines right it's just taking a total and turning it into a new total like that yeah that's an interesting question um it it seems to me and, and okay. I admit I haven't done my my research on the card, but whenever a life total changes for any mm-hmm. reason on every card, and I'm assuming also on this card, if that life total is higher than your current life total, you'll gain that much life. And if it's lower, you'll lose that much life. That's just how it tends huh. to go. Okay. Then this might be even, like, again, it's an eight mana sorcery. Yeah. So I, you know, it's not, I'm not sitting here. It's like, holy cow, this is busted. But if that does that yeah then you're manipulating a lot of life totals which means you're a lot of, a lot of life lot of gain a lot of life a lot loss of triggers yeah that's actually kind of cool yeah it's a very like interesting that. idea we have a a board wipe here that at the time i think this was actually a pretty novel board wipe and still there aren't that many board wipes that have this effect we're getting a couple more but mm-hmm. it's it's still quite limited final judgment so four white white for that six mana total or a sorcery that says exile all creatures. Um, 
mass yep. exile effects are not common. And I think we can all appreciate that exiling something, especially in our current state of commander, mm-hmm. is way, way stronger than destroying things. Because as I was just saying in our intro with Gifts Ungiven, sometimes putting things in the graveyard is just like putting things back in a player's hand. Right. Um, well, yeah. that and, I mean, heck, this is the same set that has the Neogens in it. So they're coming into play indestructible if you're playing them from your exactly. game. You have all of exactly. the gods. And there's there's plenty of stuff that gets rid of, or it doesn't care about, you know, destroy and plenty of stuff that doesn't care because it's hexproof, so you can't target it. So mass exile, okay. I, it, it, it definitely has a place. And again, another card that I don't know. Is it just because the value isn't good enough on it? Why? Why is why is mass exile on final judgment? Yeah, it's it's a little bit on? limited and I think antiquated. I think that when you mm-hmm. when you're talking about your six mana whiteboard wipes, I think that's when you're drawing a comparison to cards like Austere Command, which is one of the most flexible board wipes in the entire game. You can do anything with it, um, but still. There are not that many mass exile effects. This is one of the yeah, few ones that we lot. have, especially since now they're giving them to black instead of white. So yeah. this is one yeah. of the few ones in white as as they start to add more to black. The last card I wanted to talk about here was um pretty unique one that's uh it's almost like a color shift of of a spore frog. And that's yeah. uh, the Kami of False Hope. It's uh, white, one mana total. For a creature spirit one one with the ability to sacrifice Kami of False Hope. And prevents all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. It's Kami Frog. It's it's Kami Frog. It's it's nice to see a color shift, right? Um, yeah. Because no, we and, we need cards like this. This is a rattlesnake. And I would think that uh, we talk about a color shift. I would think that combat like damage prevention would be in white. Yeah, you would think so, that, but green <laughs> can do whatever it wants. So. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, green green does all the stuff. Yeah. Um, no, Kami of the False Help is, is it, it's definitely a good one. And, you know, with as much recursion can be in white and everything along those lines. Yeah. Again, another one of those cards I'm surprised. You, uh, don't, you don't have to sacrifice this to stop combat from happening. You can just exactly. say it's there. Good rattlesnake. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Are you sure you want to attack? You better have a good fight. I don't follow. know. Well, that was okay. a, lot of, a lot of white cards. We don't have yeah. as many blue cards, but... I I'm really excited to talk about it. Mike, why don't you pick out one of these? So let's let's lean more into our group hug facet okay. here and and talk with I would say probably the most well known yes. blue cards we're gonna talk to with Kami of the Crescent Moon. Yes. Uh blue blue for a one three legendary creature spirit. Uh, at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws an additional card. Everybody's drawing two at the beginning of their turn. That's all. Real simple. But, man, two mana for everybody just go ahead and go. Yeah. I, it, that's that's kind of the value that I'm looking for, right? Absolutely. When I was trying to make my first from scratch commander deck, a group hub commander deck, this is one of the mm-hmm. first ones I looked at because the card itself is very cheap. It's yeah. uh, it's only a few dollars or a few cents right now, Crimson mm-hmm. Vow Commander. And on top of that, it's really cheap to support. Because a lot, a lot of group draw effects that we've talked about, that we know and love, they're all in blue. Almost all of them. Mm -hmm. And this is a cheap commander. You get it out real early. Everyone's drawing cards. This is just a fun commander. 
and it's really straightforward. It's a good beginner's group hug commander, and it's good in the 99 of any group hug deck. Yeah, I just, I I, I knew that, the, I don't know that this is the most well-known Kamigawa card as like, oh, this is No, not even close. For sure. No. But like, this is the card that my brain normally goes to when I think about The Kamigawa. best well-known Kamigawa card is definitely Kodama's Reach. Sure. Sure. But this is the one that I have, my brain goes to. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I like this comment. It's like a, a yeah yeah. I get you. Uh, why don't you talk to me about another one here? How about we talk about uh, a very silly, very expensive card? Expensive yeah. at the cost. How about Eternal Dominion? Another Seven cycle. Blue, blue, blue. Yeah, this is a wacky cycle, Mike. Like yep. we're always looking for ways to make this work. What a what a ridiculous cycle! So that's so, ten mana. So often, ten mana sorcery. Yep. Search target opponent's library for an artifact, creature, enchantment, or land card. Put that card onto the battlefield under your control. Then that player shuffles. Epic, which means for the rest of the game you can't cast any spells at the beginning mm-hmm. of each upkeep. Of each of your upkeeps, excuse me, you'll copy this spell except for the epic ability. Um, so yeah, this basically means no more spells for the rest of the game. But yep. at the beginning of uh, of each of your upkeeps, you're g- going to steal your opponent's best non-planeswalker permanent, which is mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, this basically just takes you out of the game and just leaves you be. You can still do your combat. You yep. can still negotiate. You can activate abilities. Um, you can do anything that doesn't require you to cast spells. But from now on, I'm playing someone else's deck. Yep. Once and there's nothing you, you can do about it, or you're copying it somehow. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing it once a turn. Yeah, you definitely want to play this with Paradox Haze and get another. Upkeep. Yeah, Paradox Haze. Yeah. Uh, some way to copy spells when you're casting i don't this, know this this kind but, of card and this of course is a cycle is the kind of thing that we we always want to make it work but it's very difficult so to win the game when bad. you can't do anything <laughs> right you don't get you don't get any more interaction yeah. unless it's like creature based abilities right. or like you know it's on board abilities right. cuz your interaction is so limited that said it's tantalizing i can't think of a more win more card that I would have to cast, yeah. For, than than ten mana ultimate bribery at my upkeep, yeah. Right? I, it's I the only deck I've ever put this into where I thought, okay, maybe was the Braids Show and Tell deck. Like the the That's an interesting okay, one, great. yeah. Because with Braids, at least I'm not casting, so I'm still cheating other stuff out. So I'm still playing my own deck a little bit, right? And even then. Ooh, it's it's rough. It's hard to pull this off and be satisfied. The other thing is it slows down the game. Mm-hmm. You got to so search the library every single yep. time. Yep. 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 Because imagine if you had to tutor for somebody else's best somebody else's best card without knowing their deck that well every turn. Yeah. And then also try and play into fact, uh, well, what's going to help me in this particular turn? where I'm either going to win this turn or I'm going to survive till my next turn to be able to do this again. Yeah. And it's it's a really cool card and I really like the concept, but man, it's hard to it's hard to make it work. And if you ever resolve it and it does work for you, props. Tell us about it. I I I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah. 
hit us up at our Discord or write to us because I want to hear about that. Absolutely. Um, how about we talk about another f- flip card here? Yes. Uh, going with Jushi Apprentice, uh, one and a blue for a one-two creature human wizard that says uh, for two generic and a blue, so three mana total, you tap the Jushi, a Jushi Apprentice and draw a card. If you have nine or more cards in hand, flip Jushi Apprentice. And then you have Tamoya the, Revel- uh, the Revealer, sorry, uh, with a 2-3 uh, legendary creature human wizard that has the ability 3 blue blue tap target player draws X cards where X is the number of cards in your hand so this is a 1-2 that you pay 3 mana and tap it to draw a card if you have 9 or more cards you flip it into a card that for 5 mana tap target player draws X where X is the amount of cards that you have in hand yeah Double your hand or make somebody draw as much as you've got. Yeah, Mike, this is this comes out early. It's only two mana. It mm-hmm. gives you consistent, a little bit above rate card draw. Obviously, you don't want to yep. be spending three for a card, but it's better than nothing. And it's for really sure. easy to flip in Commander, especially if you're in a blue deck. Getting to nine cards in hand if you're trying to, that's easy. Um, and then yeah. once it flips, you have this huge gift. You can say like, hey... I've got nine cards in my hand. Who's ready to cut a deal to draw nine? Sure. And if nobody wants to cut a deal, I'll just draw nine. And then next turn, I'll draw 18. And and, and the other part of this, too, is you were talking about how easy it is to do this in Commander. Well, if you don't ramp, you can do this in turn three pretty easy. Yeah. Play a land. Great. Play a land. Next turn, cast Jushi Apprentice. Turn three, all right, draw a card, <laughs> draw a card, there we go. It's it's a very cool card. It is. Um, I, think, I think I would like to see it more often, but I can also, I can also understand why I don't see this all over the place, you know? I, yeah. I, I think blue likes more impulsive draw or, you know, instant speed draw that is safer. Right, and what's difficult is... Like the previous time you said, it's it's kind of a win more if you use it on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Because you really don't want to be using this when you have like three cards in hand and draw three for right. five mana. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's there's got to be some – it's another time. You want to be in a card draw deck like card. Kami the Crescent Moon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Perfect. Uh, well, sometimes you just have to, you know, stop the turn, right? Um, let's go to our last card that's blue and talk about time stop. Time stop. This is the one where I'm, I'm more surprised. I don't see this more often. I think so far of just perusing our list, but also just in general, uh, four blue, blue for an instant that says, end the turn. And in, when we talk about end the turn, we mean exactly that exile, all spells and abilities from the stack, including this card. The players who turn it is discards down to maximum hand size. Damage wears off. And this turn and until end of turn effects end. Yep. So everything that was isn't. If somebody is comboing off for the win, no, they're not. If anything is in the process of, it's done. Which is why I'm kind of surprised I don't see this card more often. Yes, it's six mana. That's a lot. Yeah, but this is what I would call the ultimate 
counterspell because you can counter yeah. someone's entire turn. Counter turn. Yeah. <laughs> counter turn. Um, and this this is worth saying. Mm-hmm. When the turn ends, yes, you exile all spells and abilities from the stack. That means, and interestingly enough, it does tell you this, that includes this card because uh, the spell remains on the stack until it's finished resolving, at which point right. it goes to the graveyard. However, in the middle of the spell's resolution, it exiles the stack, so it will exile itself, <laughs> which is very fun. But It's so weird. It, it is weird. But when you exile spells and abilities off the stack, it doesn't matter if those spells can't be countered because they're not mm-hmm. being countered. They're being they're deleted being from the game. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the recycling bin card. And what's Just important to note is that this, this can be used on any player's turn. A lot of these yeah. effects say, end the turn if it's your turn, like with uh, Sundial of the Infinite or mm-hmm. uh, the current player's, uh, the actor player may end their turn if, with Obeka, the, uh, yep. the commander. But this is a card that says, no, your turn is over. The turn is done. Yeah. This is a really, really impactful card that costs a lot of mana. Hmm. And it has a very expensive variant without the reminder text, which, of course, people love. If you don't want to spend $5, you can spend $90 and get this nice end the turn in dead center of the text field with nothing around it, which looks (laughs) really clean. I'm going to just have to pick this up. Uh next time that i'm playing against your emrakul deck oh lord oh lord <laughs> just just to do it one you're gonna do time. end the turn like, all right I'm with done. the mind uh, the mind slave trigger yeah. on the stack yeah yeah your mind slave oh. somebody who's just like nope <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> one time and then i will retire that card awful you're um, awful we're gonna retire from blue here and lean into some other colors uh let's go ahead and go with black and just go through our traditional wooberg absolutely here. um I want to start, I think I just want to keep starting with the Dragon Spirits and the Myojins mm-hmm, as long as we've mm-hmm. got them here. So let's let's talk about, uh, everybody loves Kokusho, right? The Evening Star, you know, it's a four generic black, black, five, five Dragon Spirit, legendary creature. Uh, has flying, that's all good, you know. Uh, but also when it dies, each opponent loses five life and you gain life equal to the life lost this way. Mm. So this is just a big old drain the table, gain 15 usually. That's a big life swing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Especially in the kind of deck resource. that runs it, right? Like you're getting yeah. three different life loss triggers, and if mm-hmm. you care about the amount of life they're losing, it's fifteen in total for three players. Sure, and then you gain all of that life, so all of your life gain triggers go. Like it's, it looks like it's not that big of a swing, but I think it is. And the more players at the table, it gets even bigger. Yeah. I, I there's put it this way when you're playing against somebody and they say hey i'm attacking you with a five five some more times than not if if we're early enough in the game all right that's fine. yeah whatever right but everybody loses five target player owner of said coca show gains 15 or 10 you know we even gaining 10 yeah. like you know if, if one player is out or whatever it's it's a pretty big swing and just like you say you're gonna you're gonna do it again yeah, you, you don't play this to not do it yeah. more than once. Um, let's talk about one that we are talking about probably playing once because uh, gross. 
Um, talk to me about the Myojin of yeah. Black. Uh, we have another Myojin here that's just truly, truly awful. Uh, Myojin of Knights uh-huh. of Reach, five, triple black. That's eight mana for a legendary creature spirit. It's a 5-2. It has the normal Myojin text where it'll eat to be with divinity if you cast it out of hand. And it has indestructible with divinity. And then it's yep. remove the divinity counter ability says each opponent discards their hand. Oh <laughs> my God. Mike, I I'm think dying. that they would do just about anything to try to make you not do that. And anything doesn't include removing Myojin without exile because it's indestructible. It's so it's so probably going to be up. begging for their lives. It's so messed up. If you discard your hand, unless you're like a hardcore graveyard deck, you might be three turns behind. Easily. Or more. Like, what are you going to do? You have nothing to do on your turn. Well, hold on. Because that's that's presuming this one effect goes off, right? Yeah. Myojin of the Knight's Reach is not there to be the only thing that somebody's playing to make people discard and not have hand. Exactly. No, this is a deck of you're discarding your hand. Right. It, this is uh, this is running. It's going to happen. Tur grid yeah. or something like that. This is the I'm either gaining benefit when everybody discards stuff, or I'm just going to make sure that players don't have cards in hand at any time. Yeah. And here is this eight mana this is five sire two of insanity. Holy cow! Where yeah. at the beginning yeah. of each end step, that player discards their hand. It's just I. Yeah. It's it's a nutty card. Um, this is really scary. Since, since we're talking about legendary creatures that like to make people miserable um let's talk about legendary creatures that are less miserable Yay. um Sizon, perverter of truth and unfortunate uh titles uh three generic black black for a six five legendary creature demon spirit uh, at the beginning of each player's upkeep that player loses two life and draws two cards i awesome. love this card i love it if i ever make a Why mono black see deck, this <laughs> this is it right here it's so great. Saison Perverter of Truth. This is uh, just, it's perfect, perfect group hub, right? Mm-hmm. Lose two life and draw two cards. It's like if Nekusar weren't an awful mean deck, right? Because and players I, can draw yeah. cards outside of you. They don't lose life, but you still get your life loss trigger. Players are drawing three cards when their turn begins. Like, this is really going to get the game moving. And I'm just sitting here wondering why this isn't in... It, like, I've played against plenty of Nekusar decks. Yeah. Why don't I ever see this card? It's, <laughs> this is just yeah, a good this is card. a remarkably good card. One of the best oh, Black Group Pug Commanders that you could ever come up with. Um, I'm yeah. I'm leaning into the... the, the it's, it's not played more because of the name. Perverter of Truth is unfortunate title to be given. Why? Because it has the word pervert in it? Well, because it's perverting the truth. And also, I have to go... Well, Sizon, Perverter of Truth is like a liar. Well, yeah, no, I got, I okay. got that. It was much more of the. It's, it's a mouthful. Mm. <laughs> Perverter of truth. Perverter uh, of truth. Yeah, I think it's just the reoccurring R yeah. forty-five times, uh, pretty quickly. Um, let's talk about the last card in black that we have as part of a cycle here. Uh, why don't you talk to me about Neverending Torment, our next epic? Yeah. Wow, Neverending Torment is for black, black. That's six mana for sorcery. Um, and mm-hmm. this is an epic sorcery, so not going to repeat all that stuff again, but you can yep. only cast this spell. You copy it for the rest of the game on your upkeep, and that's it. Search target player's library for X cards, where X is the number of cards in your hand, and 
exile them, then that player shuffles. Right. So this puts the enemy on much more of a clock than Mm -hmm. maybe some of the other epic spells where you're just building up your board with their stuff. This is saying, uh, yeah, so... Maybe they have a you have a you know fat grip with your juicy apprentice. You got like twenty five cards in hand, and uh, <laughs> then this trigger goes off, and you exile a quarter of their library. <laughs> it's you're basically playing Ulamog at the beginning yeah. of every upkeep. Uh, this is this will get painful really fast. Um, like we talked about, right? Where you you don't even have to know how their deck works, but if you're exiling like ten cards, even seven cards a turn. Yeah. By this, even by the first turn, they're in trouble. By the second turn, they probably can't even win the game anymore. Yeah. Well, and then the other part of it is, it, it's not off the top. Oh yeah, it's, it's you. Yeah, you choose. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I don't need to know what their best cards are. I just need to know. Hey, we're gonna go through. Oh nope, that's yeah, something that, that could well, be bad. That, nope, nope. That's there's bad your too. win cons. Oh, those yep, are gone. Tutors. Those are gone. Oh no, I'm gonna let them keep the tutors. They're just gonna tutor for bad stuff. Well, last time we talked about this, you said you're taking away the tutors <laughs> and leaving the win cons. Oh, but see, for this one, if if I'm playing Neverending Torment, I, they have to be tormented, right? Oh. So, yes, you can search for whatever you want. Just know that there's a good chance it's not going to be in there anymore. Um, the next two cards I want to talk about are <laughs> some of my favorite kinds of cards, right? Sure. And those are these Mind Games Gambit-style cards. Not gambling, yes. but Gambit is in... You're trying to it's it's almost like the choice, figuring out the choice and the and the fallout thereof is more than half the battle, right? So let's start with this mm-hmm. first one here. Uh choice of damnations, which is five and a black for a sorcery arcane. Target opponent chooses a number. You may have that player lose that much life. If you don't, that player sacrifices all but that many permanents. So it's a weird, this is a hell of a gambit, but I'm in on it. Right. So we have to, we have to really think about what we want to do here, right? The Mm -hmm. opponent has to do some serious thinking because what they don't want to have happen is sacrifice a ton of permanence, which is what will happen if they choose a very low number, right? Let's say they choose five. They choose five. Mm-hmm. Obviously, losing five life is not good for six mana. You're going to have them sacrifice all but five permanents, and then they're going right. to lose the game because they're screwed. Um, yep. But if they choose, say, 20, well, it's not necessarily a big deal to sacrifice all but 20 permanents. You can probably survive that, but losing 20 life, that might be worth that deal. So you really have this interesting balance, Mike. Tell me what you're thinking. It's It's a very good card. This is one of those times where... I love Battlecruiser stuff, and I don't mind doing it at a sorcery speed if it does something cool. It doesn't have to win the game. Right. It just has to do something cool. And six mana for, hey, pick a number. Pick you're your either poison. losing that much life, or you're sacrificing every permanent you have above that number. Right. Great. I love that, because those are the kind of decisions that I want to give to a player who's the arch enemy. <laughs> hey, decide what you're going to do. Yeah. I'm going to decide what is going to happen, but you're going to dis- you're going to decide what's the the gravity of the situation, right? right? Cuz if you tell me 30, I'm okay. going to have you lose 30 life. If you life. tell me 4, yeah. And I'm going to have tell you tell me four. All the 4. I don't care. Yeah. Let's go. That's, Let's go. I think I, I the, really like this one. I think the play here is probably to uh, assess your own board and mm-hmm. note 
the bare minimum number of permanents that you need to stay in the game and then right. choose that number. Can you imagine doing this to a token deck? They're screwed. Yeah, because they basically have to say, oh, I'm going to wipe my board. Right. So I have to pick a number like, I have to pick a low number. Yeah. Because if I don't, I'm dead. Like, and that's what this this card turns into. Right. What can I survive taking? This really, it, what can I survive yeah. getting rid of? The flavor text for this card is immaculate. It reads, mm-hmm. life is a series of choices between bad and worse. It's pretty, pretty, Very on point. pretty spot on. But that's not the only Gambit card I wanted to talk about. There's another yes. one in black, and it's Payne's Reward. For two mm-hmm. and a black, it's a sorcery. Each player may bid life. And when a card starts with that sentence, you know you're in for a fun time. You start the yep. bidding with a bid of any number. In turn order, each player may top the high bid. The bidding ends if the high bid stands. The high bidder loses life equal to their bid and draws four cards. I love this, Mike. Yep. Three mana and somebody's paying something extra. Three mana and someone at the table draws four cards. And the answer of who's getting it is whoever is willing to pay the most life. And your deck definitely wants them to be losing life. So you're already winning. Yep. I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, of the taking turns bidding life cards. Right. This this is really good. Mage's contest is still my standalone favorite, but yeah. this is still very very, very nice. good. And it is it again. It's one of those times where you get to say, "Hey, good good title, Pain's Reward." Pain's yeah, Reward. That is exactly what it was. Mike, you want to tell us about our last black card and commander here? I do. Yeah. Uh, so this is Kiku uh, Knight's Flower. Black, black for a 1-1 one, one human assassin. Cool. Uh, two, black, black, tap it. Target creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. So simple. basically, target creature fights itself. Yep. This is this is really cool. Like a nice stop hitting yourself kind of thing. Um, it, I, I got to say, the ability... I wish the ability was one less. Well, the ability is overcosted, Mike, because the commander yeah, is so because the cheap. commander is very cheap. Two mana for a commander—that's yeah. a really good rate for a commander. So yeah, absolutely. I think in this deck, I get it. You would want to just run a lot it. of ramps. You always had this. You run your untaps mm-hmm. because you just want to be doing this all the time. But more yep. so, you want to always have this up so that nobody is allowed to do any combat without looking at you first and maybe having a word with you. It's like, all right, yeah. well, if this happens, yeah, my creature will survive, but not if Mike decides to blow it up. This is basically yeah. Avatar of Woe, but with more math. I feel I feel like this is a, you know, cares about uh, creatures dying, yeah. lots of, you know, great betrayal kind of stuff and, and getting other creatures Whenever a creature is like, ah, damage like, triggers, do- yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. And I, I do like it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, just, I just realized the other funny part would be like, okay, well, I'm just going to play a, a, a lifelink deck. And just, oh, all right, yeah. Well. <laughs> there we go. I just, it's, a, it's a neat command. It is. It, it is. I don't know if it's in the 99 in a whole lot of decks, but it is a pretty neat commander uh, if, if you wanted to vote towards it. For sure. I, I could see that. Well, yeah, we've talked about um, a lot of great cards so far, but uh, yeah. let's go ahead and take a quick break, and uh, then we can come back and talk about red, green, and colorless. We actually don't have any multicolored cards that we're talking about today. 
Yeah, but that's all right. We're we're about well, we're a little bit more than halfway through, but we still got some pretty cool stuff. Oh yeah, stick around. All right, we are back, and we're going to talk about Red because Red's got a couple of things that I definitely mm. recognize, and a whole lot of things that I don't. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the one that I do recognize. Uh, have you heard of a Heartless Hidetsugo? I have heard of Heartless Hidetsugo. Yeah. It is yeah. infamous. It's, 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 it, it does a thing. Uh, so three generic red red for a legendary creature, Ogre Shaman, uh, four three, uh, that you can tap, and it deals damage to each player equal to half that player's life total. Round it down. Yeah, this is... Is there uh, a card that does more damage for less mana? Um, Directly? Probably not. It's a five mana. Yeah. De- like mm. it's just oof, oof. Yeah, this is this is going to deal probably on the order of fifty to eighty damage. Yeah, per on your first tap. Yeah, and 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 of course, then it, you're you're trying to do a whole bunch right. of other stuff with it. Whether it's just a, you know, you put this in Obosh. <laughs> double the oh, damage boy. Or what, put it in Gisela where you double the damage yeah. for your opponents but have it for yourself and then yeah. this is a Give one tap link. kill <laughs> yeah so you'll you'll take a quarter and they'll take their entire life um, well, I'm just sitting here it, it, it's dealing the damage right yes. so if you if you put anything in fact, life link on this in fact definitely hmm. you have you do 20 poison link, counters are you great. okay yeah oh my gosh <laughs> You're not okay it's, it's 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 infamous with good reason. This is uh, so quite let's... the rattlesnake. You really don't want yeah. them to tap this, and and I think you would do a lot of things to avoid this being tapped. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike, you forgot to start with our with our standbys here, our dragon and our Myojin, because I you did. saw the heated sugu and you had to go right for it. I so now to. I'm let's taking the Myojin. Myojin of infinite it. rage. Seven. Red, red, red. That's ten mana for a legendary creature spirit. You know what's on the Myojin. It's a seven four. What's the divinity counter effect? Destroy all lands. Holy Blech. moly, Mike. <laughs> you don't This is another thing, right? When this hits the board, uh pretty much everybody is now under your control. Everything is under your control. You are now in charge. Because if you decide to blow up all lands, what are they going to do? Right. I've already talked to Alex about this, and I might have mentioned it on a previous episode. But one of my dreams is to make an Atraxa all the weird counters deck. Oh, boy. So divinity counters and, you know, the depletion lands that tap for a man of any color if you remove one of the charge counters from it. Stuff like that. Right. Just counters that are weird. And nothing makes me happier than the fact that the one color that attracts is missing is red. Because it means <laughs> I'll never have to run this card. Because it, oh man, it makes me feel bad. So evil. I mean, for 10 mana, I hope it's doing something. Well, sure. Like, I get it. At that point, it's a 10 mana. Okay, I want to win the game now. I'm going to make all my lands indestructible, destroy all your lands. Are we done? Like, you don't even have I to get do, it. Like, but, ooh. I mean, what are, what are they going to do? Like, you... You control the board now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... It, 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 whether it's a, okay, I've got a board state, cool. It's something I was waiting. <laughs> I've waited 10,000 years for this. Uh, the point is, is that you can do it whenever. And because it's destroying all lands, you're going to do it in a position where you've either got a ton of mana rocks or your board state's the best. And you know what? 
Who, who or maybe you're that? running this in a uh, deck that cares about lands going to the graveyard. What? What? That's all I could say. Right. It, it makes me sad. Uh, let's let's move on to our our dragon yep. spirit here, Ryuze, uh, the falling star. So five generic and a red for a five five flying legendary creature dragon spirit. When Ryuse, the falling star, dies, it deals five damage to each creature without flying. You know what? Totally reasonable. That's pretty reasonable. The falling star. Yeah. It literally is a rock plummeting to <laughs> plummeting to the battlefield and destroying everything that isn't in the air. This is probably the Fine. most fair dragon. It's very, I would, I, very low yeah. key. Yeah, it's going to wipe most of the chill. board. It's not going to hit everything. Yes. Um, but it's definitely something that your deck is going to be prepared for, whether it is with flyers or with big mm-hmm. fat boys. Um, but the other decks, they're probably going to lose most of their board. Right. Uh, and again, it's, it, it's not a bad card. But it's definitely of the dragons that we've talked about. It's the one that I'm the least about hitting the battlefield right. and doing terrible things to, uh, well, me in my in my mental state right. as a whole. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, the last uh, red legendary creature here because it just makes me happy. Um, talk to me about Zozu. I will. Zozu the Punisher is one red red for a legendary creature goblin warrior. It's a 2-2. Whenever a land enters the battlefield, Zozu the Punisher deals two damage to that land's controller. Um, This is probably one of the meanest decks that you could ever make. This is right up there with uh, Hakori Dust Drinker because, goodness, Mike, uh, playing lands, lands entering the battlefield, that's something that pretty much everyone needs to do all the time. Exactly, and it's this, everybody. This is not the only such about? effect that you would be running. You would be running Dingus oh, Staff right. and uh-huh. all of those other pain effects that, uh, mm-hmm. what is it, uh, uh, Mana Barbs. Yeah. Mana Barbs, whenever a, whenever a player taps a land for mana, that player takes one damage from Mana Barbs. And goodness, Zozu is the one dealing the damage, isn't it? So you could just get mm-hmm. that Grafted Exoskeleton... And yep. then they say, die. Zozu somebody infects. Yep. That's how that game ends. This Zozu is, infect you. There is a uh there's a Telerian Community College deck tech for, for Zozu. And mm-hmm. if you hate yourself and everyone around you, then go ahead. Go for it. Fair enough. Well, I don't hate everybody, but I do uh you know sometimes have to turn the tide of war here. Uh, mm. So let's talk about our next card, Tide of War. Uh, four generic, red, red for an enchantment. So it, it, we got some coin flipping here, so be ready. Whenever one or more creatures block, flip a coin. If you win the flip, each blocking creature is sacrificed by its controller. If you lose the flip, each blocked creature is sacrificed by its controller. Uh, so. Wow. <laughs> something's dying. <laughs> yeah <laughs> things things are dying it does not matter what but holy cow you want to talk about chaos even in decks where you're manipulating how many coin flips mm-hmm. and you, you still know, have pretty yourself, decent odds that you're gonna hose yourself this is this is nuts right. i like this one a lot well mike this is an Be- interesting one to read right because it's really easy to to get caught up in it and not fully grasp it because this mm-hmm. affects all blocks and all attacks not just yours so now we have 
this really interesting scenario where probably nobody wants to attack uh, and mm-hmm. probably nobody wants to block. Really, it's more that nobody wants to block, right? Because once they block, that's when this goes off. If <laughs> if uh, if you declare blockers, you need to be prepared to lose them all, basically. And this is just such an interesting card as as an enchantment that just sits on the board. It combining this with forced combat and goading. I think that's oh, yeah, where this yeah. really starts to get interesting. I my my thought process was right. I'm absolutely putting this in a Karazakar Thantis. Yeah. Like I you know what? I'm just leaning into the no, everyone's attacking. And if you block, it might work. This is a this is a very interesting <laughs> card that I've never seen before today. It's very yeah. cool. I like it a lot. I'm actually writing it down in my notes that I usually use for editing. Nice. That I need to buy a tide of war or two. Um but you know what? In war, sometimes, you know, allegiances aren't exactly what you think. So why don't you talk to us about Twist Allegiance here? Because I've read it, and I went, okay. But isn't there... There's a better version of this, right? There is. There's a uh, there's a blue version of this card that costs way less. Um, yeah. But, you know... We don't just sometimes, talk about the best cards on this show, do we? That's fair. We, we sometimes like you lean into the stuff you talk lean Talk about some jank, and boy, is this janky. Twist Allegiance for six and a red, seven mana for a sorcery. You and target opponent each gain control of all creatures the other controls until end of turn. Untap those creatures, and they gain haste until end of turn. Um, yeah, so this is basically a insurrection mob rule Mm -hmm. um there is a blue card i'm sure that we'll find it later and feel very silly but uh (laughs) yes there is a blue card i think it's only four mana that does the same thing instead of seven i just i want to use this with time stop and just (laughs) steal somebody else's creatures which well it says until end of turn so it's not Uh, a trigger which means that that when you when you time stop everything goes back Uh, yeah never mind right it's still cool. Like, don't get me wrong. It is cool. I always like this. The, is, hey, I need to borrow your army. This is cool because you don't need to have an army to borrow their army. You can yeah. just borrow it, sacrifice all of them, and You've all then, been conscripted over here. Yeah, Let's see go. ya. I like it. Yeah. It it is it is solid. It's 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 too much mana. It's too much mana. It's too much mana. But it is cool. Play the blue version. Um Yeah, play the blue version. Unless you're, you know, again, playing a Thantis or a Karaza card. Right. And now I know why uh, I wanted to look at this card further. So never mind. Um, asked and answered. Speaking of answers, let's talk about green. Green is um, probably the group huggiest card of this whole set. My goodness. Yeah. Let what you know what? Why don't why don't you go ahead and just start with it? Okay. Because when you say it's the group huggiest card of this set, I went, well, he could be talking about that one. The group huggiest color of the set. Oh, color yeah. of this set. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Uh, especially because again, we're looking at a bunch of cool ones right. here. Um, why don't you go ahead and start? Where, where well, do you want we'll, to go? We'll start, we'll start basic and, and work our way up, right? Everyone sure. who's a group hug player knows about this one. It's Heartbeat of Spring. For two yep. and a green, it's an enchantment. Whenever a player taps a land for mana, that player adds one mana of any type that that land produced. Mm-hmm. Just excellent group hug value. You're doubling everyone's mana. People love that kind of thing. And unlike... Um, Dictate of Karametra, which does this same thing but has flash. This is three mana instead of I think that one's five mana. 
Yep. Um, much cheaper because you are not likely to be the first one to take full advantage of it since you have to tap to play right. this. So, yeah, I think Heartbeat of Spring, there's not too much to say about it. This is a group hug staple. Yeah. As long as we're talking about awesome group hug staples yeah. and giving people mana yeah. that they weren't expecting about. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Shizuko. Call her My on. girl. Uh, card that you near and dear to both of our hearts here. Uh, one generic green green for a 2-3 legendary creature snake shaman that says at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player adds green, green, green. Until end of turn, they don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. So every player at their upkeep gets three green mana that they get to do whatever with until the end of their turn. Cool. Real real good. People real love spicy this card. for starting it up. Yeah, absolutely. People have a, it's... like, I have to keep reminding them, right? Because people forget. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know you have three extra mana, right? They're like, oh. Yep. Every time. Every because time. you're not used to it. Right. Because when we're, when we're building our decks, we do the goldfish thing. And we play other games and, you know, everything along those lines. So you get used to your sequencing yeah. and what you're going to do. And when you've got cards in hand, you know, okay, well, I'm going to try and play this this t- next turn unless this happens. In which case, I might do this if I get this draw. So you're planning everything out. And then you play a card that says, hey, add three more mana to whatever you were going to do. Don't worry about why. Just know that you're doing that. Which throws off the sequencing. Which is good for you as the person who's playing this card. Because you're used to it. You know. Yeah. It. I. I. I sorry. Group Hug Pulpit. I love Shizuko. Great card. Let's talk about a much lesser known legendary creature. Group yeah. Hug legendary creature in green. And I do run this one in my Vanifar deck, Iwamori of the Open Fist. This is yeah. a very under-the-radar card. Mike, I don't think anyone knows about this one at all. Two green-green. That's four mana for a 5-5 five, five with Trample. When Iwamori yep. of the Open Fist enters the battlefield, each opponent may put a legendary creature card from their hand onto the battlefield. Yep, it's that simple. Yeah. It's it's sneak and show for your opponents, but only if they have a legendary creature, which right. means that even though this technically is not directed at one player, uh, you could definitely prime uh, one of your opponents and say, basically, just let me know when mm-hmm. maybe they put their commander in their hand. Maybe they tutored up a legendary creature. You can make this worth some people's while a lot more than others just by virtue of them not being ready. A lot of people don't have that many legendary creatures in their deck. Right. So this is a very it's, opportunistic one. It can be, right? And it's it's definitely... I like the idea of, oh, this is a 5-5 five, five with Trample for 4 mana that, you know, it, it, it's training in the forest, right? Oh, I'm looking for legendary opponents. So when I come onto the battlefield... That's a good point with that flavor. Everybody come out here, Yeah, right? I like that. Let's go. And it, I think when you're playing this, this is one of those times where group hug gets a the group hug aspect gets a little bit too scary for me. Like, <laughs> what am I going to... This It's like tempting worm, I, right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. You don't know yeah, what's going to happen, it, but something's going to happen. It's 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 chiller version of tempting. It's, it's like because five five yeah. trample that specifically says you get to put a legendary creature out. Go right. ahead, okay, that's tamer. But who? Yeah, this is like it's chucking a grenade scary. over your shoulder, 
Tempting Worms like chucking a C4 into yeah. the room. Yeah, this that's fair. This is more tame, but <laughs> it's it's a very unique commander that you never yeah. see. And yes, it's on the lower side for power, and it's even on the lower side for group hug value. But I think that right. Jank definitely has a place in our hearts. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. what's the uh, what's the worm? It's it's a big worm, I, like huge, and it gives every other creature the ability to fight said worm. And when it dies, Grothama, <laughs> like yeah, that that's where I see this being a good. Fight. Oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, we need we need more challenges. We need more for, for the giant worm. We need speaking more of giant worms, yeah? Mike. Uh, go. We got yeah. another one here. I got you. Yeah. Hey. Uh, patron of the Orochi, uh, six generic uh, green green for a seven seven legendary creature. This is my favorite spirit. snake. It's a very good. It's a, it's a good. It, well, it's not a snake. It's it's, it's a snake boy. It's it's a it's a it's it, a snaky it, it boy. Likes, it likes snakes to be offered to it. Uh, it sure it looks like snake a snake. Offering. Right there is that too. Uh, you may cast this card anytime. You could cast an in, an instant by sacrificing a snake. And paying the difference in mana cost between this and the sacrifice snake. Mana cost includes color. Cool. So seven seven that you can play at flash speed if you sacrifice a snake and you pay the difference between that snake yeah. and you could sack a token and, and pay the full cost. Yep, totally yeah. fine. Uh, and it just has this real chill ability of untap all forests and all green mm. creatures. Play this ability only once each turn. Yeah, it says only once each turn because it untaps itself. Yeah, yeah, there is that because it's a green creature. This is <laughs> otherwise it just very very gold. impactful card, Mike. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this reminds me a lot of Awakening, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. spells. It's two and double green for an enchantment. It says uh, untap all creatures and all lands at the beginning of each untap step, and that's everybody's. Um, yeah, just like this. This untaps all forest and all green creatures. Now, you and I were looking at this. Yeah, this is symmetric. Absolutely. This is group hug. Yes. But not every deck has forests and not every deck no. has green creatures, but your deck no. definitely does. I I think if you play this and you call it a group hug deck whatsoever, the one thing that you have to do is you also have to put Yavimaya in there. So, so there is a chance that you can turn all lands into forests. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as you do that, oh, go, that... go nuts. Mama Mia. Uh, I... This is one of those cards that I do want to make a snake deck with this as the pilot. Right. We, I, we I talked do about this. I want to make this and deck. And frankly, Jesus, we talked about Patron of the Orochi, talked about Shizuko, yep. and this next one we're about to talk about all in mm-hmm. our, uh, in our deck. Zyrus deck tech, which you should go yeah. listen to. But this next let's card just, let's just also make all the perfect. Seed the land. A uh, classic, yep. classic group bug effect. No one plays it. Two green green four mana for an enchantment. Whenever a land enters the battlefield, its controller creates a 1-1 one, one green snake creature token. Mike, this yep. is simple, consistent value. You are always going to get value out of this. If you're playing a green deck, you're ramping, you're reanimating lands, you're playing multiple lands a turn, you're just getting that many more snakes than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And people don't care about that. They care about the fact that they got a free snake. Yeah. More snakes. Cool. Let's go. I I, I like I like Seed the Land. Love it. it it's, it's very good on a... I, it's another one of those cards that I, I like to just be like, uh, you know what's going to be cool? Intruder Alarm. <laughs> now if you play a land, oh you're untapping God. all your creatures. Yeah. Like, 
I like that kind of stuff. I like the weird synergies and the idea of, hey, I'm going to give you cool stuff whenever you do normal stuff. Seed the land is very Absolutely. Good, good job, Green. Um, let's get... Let's go ahead and go with lands first, because there's okay. a couple that are yeah. absolutely near and dear to our I have hearts. three I picked uh, out gonna, here, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start with... Uh, I'll, I'll let you have your be- your, your bestie. Hmm. But I want to I want to go ahead and start with Manamo uh, School at Water's Edge. Yeah. Legendary land, tap to add a blue. Cool, real simple. Or you can pay a blue and tap it to untap target legendary permanent. So commanders are, are legendary permanent. They sure are. Um, there's there's guys there's cradle is a legendary permanent. Yeah, <laughs> there's some lands that are legendary permanents. It's just a really good synergy yeah. for doing the things that tend to be pretty important right. in commander in particular and not you know one of those like it don't get me wrong it's not cheap no but it's we're not talking about like you know a 70 dollar card to untap kind of stuff it, it's it's a good card and i like that it's here it's very nice i really enjoy lands that give me group hug opportunities because yep. i want to stuff my deck full of group hug effects but just like everyone wants to stuff every archetype full of cards that make that archetype work, you can't do every single card in your deck as that archetype. But right. we have these nice lands. We can do these things that don't look like Repug, but they can be. And that's, hey, let's untap your commander. A lot of commanders have activated abilities on them. You want to get mm-hmm. that additional activated ability. You want to use your commander to block and trap someone with a combat trick. You want to untap yeah. somebody's big land, untap their Sarah Sanctum, Gaia's Cradle, untap one of their legendary artifacts. Uh, there are a lot of interesting moves you can play with this, and no one's thinking about it. You are the only mm-hmm. one looking at the board thinking about, what can I untap with this? What can I do to make a deal to untap with this? And if not, you can untap your legendary stuff. Mike, it's just really nice to have this utility on a land. For sure. No, Minamo is really good. Uh, the other one that I'll, I'll, I'll take then okay. uh, is uh, Mikokoro, Center of the Center, uh, Center of the Sea. It's a very I've good run card. this card uh, in let's... so many decks. Well, yeah, because it's just look at that right. land. Tap, add a colorless, pay two, tap it. Each player draws a card. Look at that rate, Mike. It's two and tap to draw a card on a land. Do you know how much it costs to draw a card in a land? It starts at five and it goes up. Yeah. 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 Like there's, uh, what was the, War Room was the new one that came Mm -hmm. out where I think it's three and you pay life equal Equal to the number of colors in your commander. Colors your commander. Yes. So that, I mean, that one, whew. Unless you're playing colorless, that's 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 that gets to be a problem. It does, yeah. Right? So this is just like, the real uh, simple Archiver Archiver yeah. Raska, I believe. Where that that mm-hmm. one's five and tap, and you have to have the city's blessing. But exactly. look at this. Because it's a symmetric effect, because we're helping the other players at the table, which is something that we already want to do, we get this enormous discount. It's not yep. six equivalent, now it's three equivalent. I I mean, this is one of the best utility lands. I've run this, like I said, I probably have this in like four or five decks. This card's great. but It's a really good card. The card, and I know you <laughs> say this for me, right? Because I really appreciate yeah, that. Mike, yeah. this card is probably one of the best multicolored lands in the game. Mm-hmm. 
It's like this is up there with City of Brass. This is up there with any of those lands that can tap for any color. And I think it's better than a lot of them. Forbidden Orchard is a land. Tap at one mana of any color. And then the big one, whenever you tap Forbidden Orchard for mana, target opponent creates a 1-1 colorless spirit creature token. Mike, this card is its own game. It's its own mini game yeah. that you just get to start playing. As I play this as my first land, I'll tap it and float the mana for nothing and give someone a spirit. I do this yeah. all the time. This land is so near and dear to my heart. I love it so much. Talk to me. My favorite thing with this, I, you you said the first part of it. Yep, cool. Gives people creatures fun. My favorite thing is to leave this as my only untapped land if whenever I can help it. Because we're going to screw somebody's combat up. <laughs> Just like, hey, yep, tap. Hey, I never thought about that instant speed effect. That's yeah, that's it's so fun. Good call. It's just good call. It's just a, have to try hey, that. Somebody gets a one one. I also like, love ooh, the fact who wants that a chump blocker. You do, <laughs> right? Come on. I just love. I love the fact that it's not a flying spirit too. Right. Everyone you know, thinks they're so flying. Just, Everyone's like, or is this yeah. a flyer? No, no. Nope. It's just a spirit. I. It, it's 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 a very good card. I, I if I so could turn good. each one of my command towers into this, I would. Yeah, because it's more fun. This. But, I think this is just better than Command Tower. That's just me, though. Sure. Yeah. I get that. Absolutely. What a Good great job, card. Forbidden Orchard. So Good we job, had a lot fans. of group hug fun on these lands, but now we're going yeah. to artifacts, and these are all stacks. Yeah, I'm just I'm I, I'm gonna leave if I need to edit anything. Okay, you're gonna leave. Know, okay. Gonna, yeah, let's let's leave. start you, with uh, with something that uh, you really don't want to see, and that's that's an orb. If if an artifact starts with the word orb or has the word orb in it, you probably don't want to see it. And that is true for this one. Orb of Dreams. Three mana generic. It's an artifact. Permanence enter the battlefield tapped. Holy moly, Mike. This, what a simple sentence that slows the game down to an absolute crawl. Lands enter tapped. Creatures enter tapped. Everything enters tapped. It's, oh my gosh, artifacts. Everyone is playing so much more slowly. And presumably you're playing this in a deck that can either flicker this or uh, give yourself some free untaps because goodness gracious, like I would this. I mean, it just makes the entire game at literally twice as slow. What a stack space. And no one plays this one. This is crazy. I, I, I'm You're not, not here? Still, okay. I've read, I've read the all right, other rolling right into it. All are, rolling right yeah. into it. How about this one? This is a very interesting and unique stacks piece that a lot of people don't so really think about, but I've seen some more people talking about it lately. Uba Mask. It's four mm-hmm. mana for an artifact. If a player would draw a card, that player exiles that card face up instead, and each player may play lands and cast spells from among cards they exiled with Uba Mask this turn. This basically turns all draw into impulse draw, which is a pretty big change, right? This isn't anywhere near as oppressive as players can't draw cards. There are a lot of things that do that. This is a lot nicer than that, but its effect is very sinister, right? Because you can't save cards for later. This really punishes these control decks, more conservative reactive decks that want to hold on to cards and play them when the time is right. This card says, no, you use it or lose it. That's it. This uh, this oh. can really fit into your strategy and really screw up someone else. Now, Mike, are you still gone or you want to talk about Uma Mask? I'll talk about okay. Uma Mask and then, and then I'll and go then back to gone. being in a different okay. room. Yeah. 
Uh, so two things. One, the playing it face up part. Everyone knows like about that. it now. <laughs> Everybody knows about it, right? Yeah. So it's hey, no, we're we're all going to be above board. I don't know what the price of this card was last year. Two it years wasn't ago, seventeen dollars. Well, I is is that just because Prosper turns this into a busted card? Because that's the only thing I can think of to make it go so yeah. expensive so fast. Because now it, you play this in Prosper, which is really becoming a popular Rakdos commander. Where, hey, you get a benefit from playing cards from exile. You get a treasure token. Yeah. So this says you're playing everything from exile when you're drawing it. Okay, great. So I'm going to play this land that I exiled. Yeah, that's that's definitely what that. happened. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's what it turned into because you get a really popular commander. And this speaks to just magic in general. Yeah. You get one card or one commander or one theme that can unlock some old cards. Mm-hmm. Shoo. Yep, there, there goes, goes the price. Value. That's that's the problem with stuff like Popper and budget decks, right? Is that yep. this format is so popular and the strategies are so diverse and myriad that you're right. All it takes is one new strategy, one new card, and suddenly a bunch of cards get bought out and now they're $17. Now the market's crazy. Yeah. Ah. It's all speculation. All right. All right, so you're uh, gone. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna leave okay. again. Yeah. yeah, why don't you uh, why don't you tell why don't you talk to everybody about blood clock and then and then, I love uh, a good we'll blood clock. Um, four mana for an artifact at the beginning of each player's upkeep. That player returns a permanent they control to its owner's hand unless they pay two life. This is a really interesting piece because it's only once per turn and it's two life. Right, that's not that mm-hmm. bad of a loss. There are you'd probably put this in a deck where you where you care about life loss. But what's even more interesting is that. This almost is also group hug, right? Because it's it's group hug, group slug, whatever you want to call it. Because there are a lot of things in this game that give you more value as they enter the battlefield than when they're still on the battlefield. Um, there's some mana rocks that act like that. Soul Ring in particular, you cast it for one, you tap it for two. So that's just an easy one you can bounce. Anything with an ETB trigger that's cheap in cost, um, you want to land that enters untapped and and you have to pay to untap it or any artifact you have to pay to untap well now you're basically bouncing it to hand play it again this gives a lot Mm -hmm. of interesting play routes and if you don't want to engage with it that's fine you'll pay the two life and your deck is probably taking advantage of that this is just a very interesting uh artifact here i mean just even the the oh i'm going to really make a deck that cares about etb yeah absolutely great you know this is a four mana doesn't matter what color base you're in, go for it. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm giving you're you're supposed to here. not be here, Mike. Yep. No, yep. I, uh, I welcome sorry, you being off. here. Absolutely. Next is a Emi statue. Three mana. It's an artifact. Players can't untap more than one artifact during their untap steps. Um, this probably fit pretty good into that uh, white commander we talked about earlier in this episode. But this is just classic artifact hate, right? Uh, mana rocks basically are a no go. You tap them once, and that's pretty much it, unless you have uh, the means to do a mass untap. Yeah, this yeah, is uh, this is really punishing, <laughs> especially for for mana rock based decks. And yeah, any any deck that's building off of that, which frankly, I think this is a this is a terrifying CEDH card because mm, mm-hmm. that's because that's where you're going to get mana 20, is just 30 locked. mana rocks. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
so, I mean, it definitely works, and I can see it being, you know, a problem. Yeah. Um, and I did come back because the last card is is fun for uh, to say that we're going to talk about here. But Emu, st- uh, Emu statue. I, I apologize. Um, yeah, it's just a, another one of those pieces where it's not oppressive, but it does add more math. It does add more mental gymnastics to the game for just about everybody, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, it's it's got to make some tough choices. Exactly. The last card I wanted to talk about today is our, another... our last card. It's our last card. 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 The, the yeah, last card. Uh, I had never seen or heard of this card before. And this is a very, have... very interesting card. I want to hear what you have to yep. say about this, Mike. Shell of the last Kappa. Kappa being a turtle monster, not a twitch emote. Uh, that's three mm-hmm. mana for a legendary artifact. It has two activated abilities. The first one is pay three and tap. Exile, target instant or sorcery spell that targets you. And then it has another activated ability. Pay three and tap and sacrifice shell of the last kappa. You may cast a spell from among cards exiled with shell of the last kappa without paying its mana cost. Goodness. Um, You know, this isn't always going to do something. Nope. But... It seems to me that if it does do something, it's going to do the heck out of it. Yeah. So here's the thing. I I, I say this with uh, a, a little bit of a disclaimer. Okay. I don't think this is a good card. I don't think so either, but it's really interesting. But it's it's so fun because this is a this is a three mana rattlesnake. Don't cast anything that targets me. Yeah. Because I'm just going to exile it. Yeah. It's just not going to exile And then it's mine. Sorry. And then it's mine. Yeah. And then if it's something really mean or something really good, later I'm going to sacrifice this thing and I'm going to cast it maybe back at you. Who knows? And the amount of cards that I know of where it's target player as an instant or sorcery that I go... Oh no, I don't want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm willing to pay six mana <laughs> to make this not be an issue for me. Because that's your investment. Right. It's three mana to cast, and then you have to have three mana up to be able to exile that instant or sorcery that's targeting you. Mm-hmm. That's a whole lot of hoops to jump through, but man, it's fun. I mean, this it's yeah, fun. You you can do a lot to to mitigate that, right? You can run training grounds yeah. effects. Now it's only sure. one mana and tap to activate, which I think is a lot more compelling. But even without oh, yeah. that, uh, this is just such a unique card. I've never seen it played before. I've never heard of it before, and I love seeing new cards and effects like this. This isn't the only such effect, right? Where you're exiling things under something right. else and then bringing them back out later obviously we've seen that kind of thing before but this particular way of stealing someone's spell and then casting it for yourself um on an artifact i don't know some there's there's something very unique about that i think yeah the the one cool part about it right yeah and this is actually in the the scryfall because that's the other reason i first of all the reason that i know about this card is i was looking through the quarter rares at my local game shop at one point and i was like this is a weird card i would like it yeah um the other part is there's not a ton of things that this matters for 
But this gets around, this spell can't be counted. It sure does. Just like time stop. Because, yeah, it's it's not countering the spell. It's exiling it, so it stops it from resolving. Which also so de facto counter. counters it, but, you know, yeah, kind of it, it's, it's, sidesteps it. I kind of like I kind of like that little thing where it's a ah this says can't and it's like okay then I'm gonna yeah. do this other thing which is the exact same thing but different. Ha-ha, can't is the most lawyered. powerful word in magic, but magic yep. is also a game of exceptions and near misses. Right? Can't be yeah. countered. It means can't be countered, but there are th- ways to get rid of a spell that don't involve countering it, such as I- exiling it. I think about it like the like the uh, I'm not touching you of magic. Where it's <laughs> I'm like, not exiling I'm, you. I'm, I'm not ex- I'm not countering you. I'm not countering you, Mom. <laughs> He's countering me. No, I'm no, not. I'm not. I'm just doing something like it. I'm doing something uh, that's very similar to it, but even worse. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now it's just it's fine. Mine. Yeah, Mike. Oh, uh, Kamigawa block. A lot of interesting cards in here. Do you have anything yeah. you want to say about uh, about any of this stuff? Uh, first of all, I I will be extremely disappointed if in the in the upcoming Kamigawa set we don't get more Myojins. I'm not gonna got to get more Myojins. That, yeah, that will if we could bring back Epic and Myojins, that oh would be my great. Gosh, that would be such a win for me that there would be I, I wouldn't wouldn't be upset. I mean, look at how many social group hugs, stacks, group slugs, symmetric effects, board wipes, rattlesnakes. Yep. Look at yep. all this stuff, Mike. I would love it. Love it if this new Kamigawa Neon Dynasty set that's coming out soon has this caliber of social effect. We'd have a lot I to also, talk about. I also think that we're getting closer and closer into that. Like the actual R and D for magic yeah. is usually showing up like a couple of years after whatever the trend is, right? right? Because that's how development works. Yeah. So we are now getting into the like real run of oh commander is our most popular form right we've built up to that point because you know we oh last year was the year of commander and the year before that was also named the year of command whatever doesn't matter the point is now we're getting to the we acknowledge in all of our regular sets that commander is our most popular thing right so now in our regular sets we have to build not just for standard. We have to build the cards in these sets that we're releasing that are still going to be really popular for Commander. And I think going back to Kamigawa is part of that. Because like you said, there's a bunch of stuff that interacts with a lot of different players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool to be able to say, ah, well, I don't want to say it's cool to be able to say, but Yosei is cool to be able to say target player skips their untapped stuff. Mm. Well, that's not something you're doing a whole lot, and there's not a whole lot of people at question when you're talking about a standard game. But an EDH, you're going to be doing that a lot more often. Uh-huh. There's going to be a lot more targets. And I can see that with all these other cards, with all these other abilities. Epic. Heck, look at Epic! Of course it cares about lots of decks. Of course it cares about lots of players. I This would be the first time that I'd be leaning into a return to a plane and say, hey, do the same thing you did. Mm-hmm. Do 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 more of this stuff that you did in the original set, and I'm gonna be thrilled as a like a current time commander player. And I kind of dig it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that there's a lot of opportunity to see mm-hmm. 
just all of the stuff in Kamigawa block. And we, we talked about some of it, but there's over 600 cards in this block. And a yeah. lot of them, more than the average block, are Commander staples. Um, or you'll see them in Commander a lot. And I think a lot of that is because you just have all these effects that are impactful for multiple players. And we talked sure. about a lot of that stuff today. I would love to see more of that political stuff, more of that social stuff. And oh, yeah. uh, and I think pretty soon here we're going to be having we're our, be our set review it. for Kamigawa. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe we go from set review to set review. Who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll know pretty soon yeah. here. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Alex. If anybody has any questions about redistributing life totals or epic or ending the turn or anything along those lines uh how can they find you how can they how can they learn more about that stuff from from, uh honorable judge here you can epically uh, get me on twitter at uh that's l-a-p-p-e-r-m-e-d-i-c you can email me at alex at edhrec.com and uh yeah if you want to look at any of these cards and uh and see how they can instantly win the game if you're a combo style player i also have another project commander spellbook.com and uh, i'm sure we have some of these in there oh yeah oh yeah there's there's no way yeah. that there would oh, be there's, any of these yeah. spells no, in there there's but no way no they don't combo yeah. uh well i'll tell you what if, if you look at how some of these spells combo offer you heard about us talk about any of these cards you want to get and get some of them for yourself uh you can help us out by doing so uh if you go to bit.ly slash edh underscore social that's going to take you to our tcg player affiliate link uh where you can buy all of these cards other cards deck boxes sleeves etc and support us by doing so doesn't cost you anything keeps the lights on here and we appreciate that uh, we are also going to include a discord link in the show notes so if you want to talk about Cards that you think are underplayed, sets that you think are misrepresented or underplayed, or just want to hear more about, hey, how do I turn this deck into a more social contract deck? How do I do group hug without just giving everybody more resources and just not doing anything myself? Whatever you want to talk about, hit us up in the Discord link or... Find us at the social contract edh at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at edh underscore social. Looking forward to talking about uh, set reviews in the future for upcoming sets, but I always enjoy talking about these past sets, these post-modern uh, or post-spoiler uh, mm. season mm-hmm. sets with you. I don't really know what to call it, but I know that I like doing it, Alex. Absolutely, Mike. This was a blast, and uh, hopefully our listeners aren't quite sick of it. We'll... Uh... Maybe do some more of these in the future, and uh, yeah, look, they, look. They better not be sick I of it. There's, they, there's they more sets we it. haven't yeah. talked about. There's there's a couple <laughs> of sets we haven't talked about yet for Magic's past. Yeah. You know, a few. Um, I think there's there's them. a rich history of Magic, especially older sets that existed before Commander that have Commander cards in them, and because of that, people hated them. Uh, so more to talk about there. But this was just so much fun, Mike. Absolutely. We all hope you enjoyed it, and hey. Talk to you soon.